Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Champions podcast. This is episode 163. It is the late mail edition for round four. It's Catfish here as always and flying solo. But on top of that, I actually don't have Wacko's Whispers for today. Unfortunately, Wacko Jacko is a late withdrawal for this week. Uh, Family matters. So as always, family comes first. So hopefully nothing serious for Wacko, but obviously, yeah, family comes first. So no late mail this podcast. Uh, We'll have to refer you to the various other sources you can get out there. Look, I am a traditionalist. I trust Wacko's mail the best. This is not a slight on anybody else, including guys like Stasi from the NRL SC Talk website or Timmy Williams, who's doing the late mail for the Daily Telly this year. They do a fantastic job, but, you know, Wacko's my boy. So anyway, make sure you check out late mail. It's, you know, how important it is to do that before you decide your trades, before you make your moves, etc. But look, what that does mean is more time for questions. So let's jump straight into it. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All right. So as always, going to take a mixture from the Champs Discord as well as your questions off Twitter. Starting off in the Discord, we've got starting off with a nice easy one from Jumbles. Is it too late to trade it Heinz in and trade out Stags and Fafita? So no, it's not too late to trade in Heinz. I would do that this week. Now, as for trading out Stags and Fafita, look, they're different. I think Fafita... It's not too late to trade him out, but I really think he's a hold. He showed some great signs, and the matchup is, well, really, it doesn't get much better. So I'd hate to be a non-owner this week. He's my vice-captain. Yeah, now Stags, I totally get it. I don't have any issues trading him out, especially if you don't have anyone better to trade out, basically. So that's fine, but I also think he's perfectly fine hold this week. I really do think uh, Stags against Rocco Berry and, I mean, Cobo against Montoya. Uh, I think it's a great matchup for both of them this week. So I honestly could see both doing quite well this week and their break-evens aren't that high either. So if they do flop one last time, yeah, it'll suck, but at least they won't bleed cash. So I th- I'm pretty comfortable holding them. Next question comes from DJ21. Who is happier with their season so far? Dogs fan, Surge Buster, or Broncos fan, Catfish? So... Look, I'd have to say, you know, if I was a Bulldogs fan, I'd be pretty happy. They're not playing like a wooden spoon team, and obviously that's what they just won last year. So I think that they should be happy. As a Broncos fan, I'm not entirely disappointed. Yeah, round three sucked. Let's not <laughs> beat about the bush. It, it definitely was not great, but I saw really a lot to take heart from in rounds one and two. And provided we see more of rounds one and two type Broncos for the rest of this year over rounds three, Broncos... Uh, I think they'll have a decent enough season, better than last two years anyway, which is, that's all I, (laughs) it's so sad that that's all I want, isn't it? (laughs) All right, jumping over to Twitter. So a couple of questions of a similar nature. So first one comes from Aman Talks NRL Supercoach at Aman Talks NRL SC. So again, go check out his YouTube content. He does a solo show and yeah, all for supporting various forms of Supercoach content. So he asked, do you have confidence in playing Cobber this week based on the matchup and worries leaking Supercoach points down that edge over, say, a Hiku who has a higher floor but tougher matchup? Yeah, like I said before, very comfortable with the right centre and also the right winger against that Warriors left edge. Rocco Berry and Montoya, obviously Berry still very raw as a rugby league player and Montoya is just shocking in defence, basically. So 
just to quickly look at those points, I mean, Zach Lomax, 70 um, at right centre in just 66 minutes, and it could have been 90 if uh, Ravalau didn't drop his fourth try. So Ravalau obviously scored a hat-trick, 119 against Montoya. Then round two, we had Marzu score two tries on him, and he was on 102. Uh, right centre was Patrick Herbert, so it didn't go as well, only at 39. And look, it's hard to read too much into the Tigers one. That was Luke Garner playing centre and Nofo on the right wing. They still scored 35 and 37, so strong base. But yeah, I think like the, the potential's definitely there. Montoya sucks in defence. So I look if, if Cobo can't score this week of all weeks, look, he may not score a try all season. <laughs> that's, how I'm, that's where I'm at at the moment. So yeah. Uh, next question comes from William at Wazy number three. Which underperforming gun would you trade out first out of Fenua Blake, Lolo, and Stags? So, look, it'd be between Fenua Blake and Stags for me. I know Lolo, look, there are some concerning signs there, but there's also some positive signs. So I think he's the one who definitely you would stick out a little bit longer with. Fenua Blake is tough. Like, I really want to keep him because I do think he's can. He could finish the season as like a top three, top four front row forward, but right now he's just not looking great. Uh, his base and base attack for the three games so far is only around 47, which, I mean, last year he was at 58 from memory, and the minutes aren't shockingly different or anything like that. He's just he's not offloading. I don't know if it's an intentional tactic or not, but he's only got two offloads for three games, which is that's well below his normal standards. Even the Warriors, I think they rank 10th in the NRL. And Curran's got the most with, I think, three or something or five maybe. But, yeah, it's not great basically. So he has got a – there's a lot of concerns there and actually potentially on the chopping block for me as well this week, just depending on what trades I want to make. But, uh, yeah, look, I I don't mind either Fenua Blake or Stags. And the funny thing is I think both could actually score quite well this week. Just got a gut feeling Fenua Blake could put on like a – offload for a tricest linebacker assist or he might crash over himself and I think Stags, like I said the matchup is pretty good I really do think he could hurt Rocco Berry or set up Cobo in the corner yeah tough one uh, but out of those two for me basically next question is from Jay Doney at JD underscore Twill current half setup is Hines and Sam Walker Brown and Ilias going S Walker down to Schneider for his cash generation plus frees up enough money to go Ilias to Munster I used a trade boost last week, so I didn't want to use two trades this week, but feeling that's good, too good to pass up. Thoughts? Look, honestly, I think, yeah, like uh, I mean, I said it last week, I think Schneider is looking like too good of a prospect to miss. In terms of cash generation, he could be potentially the cheapie of the year. So, yeah, I'm very comfortable with you going Sam Walker down. Now, whether you want to go Ilias to Munster, that's a matter for you. I don't think that's a necessity since you have Brown already. I can see the appeal, but yeah, that money could obviously go to other areas of your team, so no issues with that. Jumping back to the Champs Discord, so I think we kind of answered it fairly definitively in the episode, but from JB, is Teddy a sell? Look, I definitely don't think he's a sell. I'm really excited by the upcoming run, and to maybe bounce off that, so we've got a question from Fenno. Is Walker to Hines worth the leap in coin with the Roosters having such a great draw from next week? I do think Nico is a much better option than Sam Walker right now. Regardless of the draw, I just want to make sure I have at least Teddy or some other Roosters instead. I just think there's no guarantee Sam Walker is going to be the one who goes large every week because of that draw, whereas you'd back Teddy to be amongst the points more often than not. Uh, That's just the way I'm getting a feel of that based off what we've seen so far. 
From Gramsci, who needs to go first? Amone, Cobo, and Billy Smith. Uh, it's definitely Amone for me. Like I said, Cobo, I think, goes well this week. And Billy Smith, I mean, right wing, Roosters. There obviously are some question marks about his job security, as Suwali is already playing reserve grade. Hadn't hadn't played very well, so that's probably why. But if Billy doesn't perform, I can certainly understand he might be on the chopping block. Same deal for Momorowski, as they may move Billy back to left centre. Who knows? But... I just think like he could score quite well this week, honestly. But yeah, I, I definitely think Amone is the one that concerns me the most. So I'd trade him out first. Jumping back to Twitter, I've got from Stephen Rostevsky at Stephen underscore Risto. Okay to run with Haas, the Kings, and Leo Thompson to help me get Hines. Plan is to get Isaiah Papali'i once King becomes dual in two, three weeks. Look, honestly, I don't know if Josh King's going to become dual. Uh, he's playing... I mean, he's been playing lock, and it seems like he's going to go to prop. They are both middle forwards. I know technically lock is in the back row, but I just don't know. Like, we unfortunately we just don't know the criteria. And if he's named at prop, like there's some chat that he may be uh, in the final team list. He might end up being at prop, and then Cheese will come in at lock. If that happens, then if he only played lock for rounds one to three, then does that mean he's you know what I mean? Like, does that mean that's not enough for him to get the dual position or not? I, I just don't know. I, I'd be careful to put too much planning uh, on on some of those dual position upgrades. That's that's my gut feel at this stage. Um, but as for whether you're okay with that run, I mean, if it if it gets you Hines, I'm okay with it. Uh, just because I think Josh King and Max King have outdone expectations. Basically, they both seem playable. Um, not every week, but you know, in a pinch or between one of the two, they should be able to be played most weeks. So I do think you're okay with that kind of setup just in the short term. The idea is not to have it for too long and you've already got a plan to hopefully get Isaiah Papali'i in. Um, but whether or not you have to change those plans if you don't get dual position for Josh King, then we'll have to see. Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> next question is from at Jackbread. With the reports that Josh King moves to prop, how does his impact his scoring? Was thinking Vanilla Blake to King to facilitate walk on the Hines and then get in May next week. Still a good play, or would you rather Vanilla Blake to May via Arrow to front row forward, Targo to second row forward? Look, I still think those trades are fine, uh, provided, like I said, I'd only do that if you definitely had Josh King and Max King as both options there. Not, I wouldn't do it if you only had one of the two and you you still had like a Fafita or Mamacia or someone like that. that just basically isn't playable in a, in an emergency. And again, just only for a couple of weeks, I'd want to limit the, the length of time you've got that set up for. And again, this is only if you've got someone like a Isaiah Papali or a Haas anchoring that front row forward one spot for you. I'm not too worried about the move. I think his minutes will still be around that 50, 55 mark for now. Maybe it drops a little bit uh, as, as cheese builds up more uh, fitness to play in the middle. But yeah, I just think as long as his minutes are decent, like I think his PPM will rise as his minutes drop closer to the 40, 45, 50 mark. Because what we saw from when he was at the Knights, I mean, sure, he was playing off the bench and for smaller minutes, but he was always a well over one PPM in the shorter minutes. And, you know, in the small sample size we've seen where he plays longer minutes and still stayed in the middle, he was still very... Yeah, a decent PPM. I think in round 25, he ended up playing 50 minutes or something like that. He scored 50 or 52, something along those lines. So, yeah, able to sustain that PPM. And that was all base and base attack. So it's not like there was attacking stats in there to boost his scoring. So 
I think Josh King will be fine, basically. Next question comes from Bing at Bing Numbers. Hi, Wilfred. Is it too early to trade Edkin to Lomax this week? I mean, his base has been dropping. Only scored 61 with a try, but Dragon's schedule is quite tough for the next four rounds. Look, 61 with a try. There's no line break associated with that try, and he literally was just planting the ball down, so I don't think he even got points for a hit-up. So that still says he scored 44 in base and base attack outside of that, which, I mean, if he's in your center wing, it's really not that bad. Like, how many center wings are pumping out of 44 in base and base attack each week. Now, don't get me wrong, I really do like Lomax. I just would find it, try find as much as possible a different way to get to him. I just think you'd like to have Aitken and Lomax in your center wing, along with, you know, like a Targo and whatever. But yeah, I, I think it's quite sideways myself. I'd much prefer to hold you and Aitken until you actually see what happens when Torhu Harris returns, or maybe you stick it out until round 13 when he covers the buy, and then you move him on afterwards if he's not getting the minutes or the base was dropped out. Next question is from Eels Forever at Firecrotch. Third week sub 900. Ouch, that's not... I just don't know who I am now. Yeah, that's that's rough. So yes, I need help, fellas. Option one, Fenua Blake to Josh King. Sam Walker to Nico Hines. Clifford, yes, I fell for it, to Dillbags. Option two, uh, I'm assuming that's Cody Nikarima to Starling. Yes, fell for it again. Ilias to Money. Bullimore to May. Ta. I think I prefer option one just because, like, Josh King, this is the last week you could get on. Heinz is just going to go up in price, still bag, same as well. And you can still save, like, Bullimore to May next week. And, and Starling still potentially is an option the week after as well. So I kind of feel like option one's better and you can still use some of the option two trades uh, for next week. So I think that's how I'd go. And, yeah, good luck with the climb back. Don't give up. It, it sucks, but I think it's not going to take too much for you to climb back up into the rankings, the higher rankings, that is. Next question from Osman at Osman Numbers. Cheers, Wolf. Two questions. Number one, rank rookies in order of playing this week. So he's got Toilangi, Schneider, Josh King, and Max King. Uh, so, look, I think Max King I put at the back. Um, I generally don't like people going up against the Storm and the Panthers. I try to avoid that as much as possible. And this is why I'm so annoyed at myself for somehow playing Penasini last week. I just don't know why I did that because it's not my normal process. Uh, I think Josh King's a safe option. And Toilangi, it depends on the final team list. If we do see Seafarth... I think he'll go back to playing in the middle, but there's Garner as well there. So that worries me a little. I think there's some risk he doesn't play 80, and I think for that reason I'd have to lean towards Schneider and Josh King um, as the, the two options there. I mean, Josh King's very safe. He should give you 45-50, and maybe more if the injuries or whatever necessitate it, and if he gets a junkie offload for a trisis line assist again like last week. But uh, I think Schneider, he seems very safe as well. Uh, 35 in base and base attack and also only two points net in goal kicking because he's kicked two from five. So I definitely think he's a better kicker than a 40% uh, conversion rate. So I would expect that to go up. So, you know, 35, 40 points as a base and then potential for attacking stats. The matchup's not that bad. I mean, let's let's be real. The Seagulls are not traveling that great right now. So, yeah, I, I definitely think... Schneider is probably the, the best option out of those and then followed by Josh King. Next is from Sassy at Christopher1ELT. Hey, mate, I miss both Nana and Fermo. Is it too late to grab one this week? If not, which one would you prefer? Cheers. Look, I think I'd have to lean Fermo. And that the reason for that, I like both. Obviously, you're going to get some quick cash from both of them. Fermo will set you back a little bit more, but he comes with the potential of 
being a season-long keeper, right? If his work rate stays up, if he keeps getting 80 minutes in the back row and his combination with Brimson just continues to improve, like he could be a season-long keeper. Whether he's a, a top four center wing or whether he's just a very handy fifth or sixth center wing that you just want to keep there, then he could be that potential player for you. At the very least, he'll cover around 13 as well. And that's that's obviously handy. So there's the second tick in his box. And I just think, yeah, you're not really going for Firma for a, a cash grab type flip unless he gets hurt. Uh, I think you're going for him with the intention of having him stick around a bit and you're just thinking he won't be cheaper than what he is now. Um, I think with Nanai, it's definitely a, a, a cash grab. So you're hoping maybe once to 100 rules, rolls out of his rolling average. Depends on what he scores in the next two weeks, but if he doesn't go for fantastic, then... In two weeks' time, he's almost a perfect downgrade for a Brody Jones type who would be playing his third game at that stage. Jumping back to the Champs Discord from Reese, he asked, what's a trade worth this year? Wilton could make 100 grand and be a two-week player, but probably isn't worth it. Look, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, what I do know is I actually quite like Wilton this week. I wasn't sure at first, but the more I looked into it and I looked at the numbers and I'm feeling very comfortable and he's actually probably my trade-in at this stage. He's 427,300, negative 26 break-even. Only played the two games because he had to sit one out due to suspension. Now he's got uh, 64 and 54 in base and base attack the first two rounds. And even in his raw base, he's looking at about 47 across the two games. And even just looking back at 2021 as well, he's got six games where he played 80 minutes or close enough to 80 minutes. And even then, averaging 59.7 in base and base attacks. So really busy. And I like the potential of his scoring as well. I mean, he scored a try both weeks so far, hence why he's started off quite on fire. And yeah, a lot of people interested in him. There is obviously the shadow of Wade Graham hanging over him. Word is he's back round six or thereabouts. So look, this is either a two-week flip and... You know, if Wilton scores 60s for the next two weeks, which, again, that's his base base stack average, basically, he'll make about 100, 105 grand, which is handy, and then maybe move him on. But alternatively, what if Graham takes it slow and comes back off the bench? What if he actually replaces Nikora? Uh, because maybe by then Nikora signed a contract with a different club next year and Wilton's obviously sticking around. Well, I don't know. Um, it's just a, a bit of a question mark. I, I kind of... It was almost off-the-cuff, uh, off-hand comment I made in the earlier podcast this week comparing him to potentially the Isaiah Papali'i of 2022. And look, it's probably a slim chance of happening, but the kind of elements are there, right? He's getting a shot at starting because, obviously, of injury to others, to the established guy, and he's actually smashed it. He's done really well, and he's performed every time he's gotten a chance. And in fact, that's better than what we saw from Papali'i because up until last year... He hadn't performed when he had the opportunities. So I guess that's why I'm actually okay to take the punt on Wilton. Worst case scenario, again, you know, Brody Jones is waiting in game three to be downgraded in round six if uh, Wilton doesn't play out and he's end up, he ends up on the bench when Wade Graham's back. So I actually quite like this. Now, coming back to your question, Reese, I know what, what's the value of a trade? I think this is where it's really tough because people, it's not just the value of the trade, but also the value of a trade boost. I think people are, I don't know, maybe because we have five, maybe because it's it's a fresh, shiny new toy. People are loving it. Like I, I, I'm surprised how many people are burning two, three, 
trade boosts so early in the season. I've seen people who have done trade boosts every you know, round two, three, and four. I've seen people do round two and three and trying really hard. I've seen people do round three and four. Like uh, it, it's just I get it. You want to set your team up as soon as possible, but I just think like, what's the harm in waiting for one week? <laughs> that's that's what I come back to so often. And look, I get that points ultimately determine the winner, but I think especially this year, cash is going to make a huge difference. And I just don't think how many of these cheapies are we looking at that you can confidently say are going to make me 100 grand, 150 grand or whatever. Right now I'm looking at it going, well, Josh King is on the way and Max King is as well. And obviously Targo, I mean, he could end up a keeper, right? So you may not ever trade him out again. And in which case, you know, he's not making you any cash. He's just being a really cheap keeper that you can stash in your center wing all season. Um, you know, someone like uh, Brad Schneider could make 200, 300 grand. So that's great. But all the other options like your Tuolangis, your Nanais, they may only make 50 to 100 grand. And if that's the case, then maybe a 100 grand flip with Wilton is actually worth the trade. And I, I guess I'll come back to this. Like, I don't think it's two trades because provided the person you're trading out is someone that was never going to be in your team for the rest of the season, I mean, you're going to trade that person to someone else anyway, right? You're just going via Wilton which is one extra trade on the trade you were going to make initially. Does that make sense? Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. I don't think people always follow when I say that, but yeah, that's that's the way I look at it. Like if, if it's someone that you're definitely trading out at some point this season, then it's not two extra trades, it's one extra trade. And that's how I tend to look at it when I evaluate whether or not it's worth that two-week flip. And right now I'm definitely feeling Wilton is. All right, back to Twitter. Next question is from Ben. So Ben, Ben, Moses... Versus Heinz, is Heinz worth the extra cash? Absolutely. I would not hesitate pulling the trigger on that trade. Uh, Mitch at No Trade Crusade. <laughs> That's a funny name considering your question is, should I use a second trade boost to go Aitken to Grant this week instead of next? Uh, yeah, No Trade Crusade. Follow what you're saying there. I don't think Aitken to Grant is worth it. I just think it seems... It's not sideways. It's definitely an upgrade, but I just think try, you know... Look at other mid-rangers because Aitken could genuinely be a season-long keeper or at least he covers round 13 the way I kind of described for Firma before. Like uh, that's that's how I'm looking at it anyway. So I would not, definitely not, I definitely don't think that's worth a trade boost. And even if you make that trade next week, I'm not sure it's worth it either. So hopefully you can find a different way to get uh, Harry Grant in because he's absolutely worth it. Next question is from Darren Lawrence at Dingo Storm. What's going on with AFB hold or sell? Yeah, like I said, I just think... For whatever reason, the offload's not there. He's not quite busting the tackles. There's something going on. He's not. He's he's almost yeah 10, 10, 11 points less per game in terms of his base and base attacks. So I I I'd love to hold, but I think he's genuinely a sell at this stage. Like unless he gets back to that fifty five to sixty average in his base and base attack, I don't think he's going to be a, a top four option. This question is from Peter Ryan at Peter Ryan Numbers. Hi, Wilfred. Trading Cleary or May this week? Getting Munster is my other trade. If the latter, then play Sam Walker or Clifford. Thanks for your help. Cheers, Peter. So, look, I'm pretty comfortable with waiting a week for Cleary. I just, and it's probably because I'm generally much more reserved as a super coach. I don't like to take unnecessary risks, and I feel like getting someone first week back off a major shoulder reconstruction, basically, 
uh, is an unnecessary risk when you're playing that much money for him. So to me, I'm happy to wait a week and it's not like it's a fantastic matchup that he's going to absolutely smash straight up uh, in his first game back. I, I know he's getting some pieces back, so Fisher-Harris and Liam Martin are great ins for him and it's good. it's a great sign for the Panthers definitely, but I just think what's the harm, you know, unless you're expecting him to go 200 or whatever and... Right now, the season highest score is 129, and that involved, you know, a lot of minutes and a lot of work and some pretty fluky try and, and other attacking um, stats there. So it's just not something I can see happening that easily. And even if Cleary goes 150, like it's only 40, do- 40 points better than what you're paying for him. So it's not like you're getting an absolute bargain because you could be paying 700 grand for or 750 or whatever for Nico Hines and potentially getting something much better as well. That's the way I'm kind of looking at it. And I'm assuming you must have a lot of cash because if you can afford to get Cleary and Munster in the one set of trades without having... Yeah, I kind of would just... like. Could you just wait? I don't think you have to get Taylor in May this week either unless you want to play him. And if you do get him in to play him, then that's fine. And I would play Sam Walker over Clifford, basically. This question comes from Andrew G at Andrew Sid Kiwi. Hi, Wilfred. Number one, who would you trade in ranking order out of the following and why? Firma, Starling, Josh King, Leo Thompson. Number two, would you get a gun, say Cam Murray, Isaiah Papali'i or Munster over one of the moneymakers? Number three, isn't this the best time to use three trades to catch onto price rises? And second follow-up question, I also have some semi-decent guys like Junior Paulo and Lolo that I'm not convinced with. Despite getting a small amount of cash, my inclination is to trade them out now rather than let them become deadwood later. Thoughts? Oh, okay. So firstly, in terms of moneymakers, like I think the moneymakers you're talking about are Josh King and Leo Thompson. I see Firmer and Starling as potential, you know, like I, I said it before, either season-long keepers or you hold them till round 13 and maybe they make some cash, but you're not, your, your reason you're trading them in is in primarily primarily for the cash, basically. So, you look, I think Firma is a, a this-week trade. Uh, Josh King is a this-week trade. Starling could be next week if he's still going well. So I'd probably rank him last. Uh, Leo Thompson is definitely a this-week trade as well. Uh, I think it's very situational. I think if you've got, say, Haas, Arrow, Max King, and then you're looking at either Josh King or Leo Thompson, I'd get Thompson in that situation. If you've got Haas, you've got Max King, you've got, you know, some other front row forward enough, then you'd have to get Josh King over Leo Thompson. That's the way I'm looking at it. Uh, and Firma, like I said, uh, you know, he's great for the center wing, basically. So if that's where you're going to be putting Firma and being able to play him there straight away, then he would probably be my number one pick. Uh, number two, would you get a gun over one of the moneymakers? Look, this comes down to how much cash generation you've got going on elsewhere. If you don't have any other nuffs and all of your other areas are making plenty of cash, then... Yeah, I think you can get away with potting up and going for more of the guns as opposed to getting cash because you know we'll we'll get some more cheapies along the way, but it's just about how much money they're going to make. You know, if you think about the guys we're expecting to come in like Suwali, that's fine. Like he's two hundred sixty thousand though, so he's not bottom dollar. You want as many bottom dollar guys to come in later, and maybe that's um, the Stubby Cooler himself uh, from from the Sea Eagles who. Is rumored to be able to get a get a spot either this week or next or something like that, but you know I believe it when I see it. But he's bottom dollar, which is great. He frees up maximum cash for you. But you know if our downgrades are going to Suwali, we're not freeing up that much cash. If you know your guy 
has only made up to 350000 or whatever, you're only freeing up ninety grand when you're getting to Suwali. So that's still going to rely on a lot of money to be made elsewhere. So that I think that's that's why it's hard to answer some of these questions without knowing how you've set up the rest of your team and whether you've lost a lot of cash value from, you know, starting with overpriced guns or whatever. Like, there's just a lot of question marks there. Now, guys like Junior Paulo, Lolo, like, I think, yeah, sure, if your team doesn't have major issues to deal with them, then, yeah, I absolutely think they could be traded out to get to a premium option. Like, if you don't, if you got Junior Polo and you don't have Haas, like, I'd have no hesitation cutting Polo for Haas, basically. Um, if Lolo is there and, you know, maybe you can turn him into a Kambari, I could an upgrade, but I don't know. That, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I don't think I'd do that, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, it's a very luxury trade. I'd much rather kind of just wait for some of my moneymakers to build up and then trade them up as much as possible because having someone like Lolo as your third or fourth back row is great at the moment. Like, I think he's going to give you a solid floor and there's still potential for him to maybe get more minutes or maybe his work rate increases or whatever. Like, I don't think I want to give up on Lolo yet as much as his 59 with a tri-assist line break assist in there is very, was very uninspiring. Um, yeah, um, you know, Lolo's still Lolo. He, he, there's still some potential there for him, I, th- I think. Next question is from Metal Merlo. How do you see the Eels pack over the next few weeks slash rest of the year and where does Ryan Madison fit in? What are his likely minutes and chances on getting on and retaining a starting spot if he's injury-free, of course? Look, unfortunately, my crystal ball is in the shop. It's busted. It's not quite working. But, look, it, this is why I'm so uh, hesitant on Isaiah Papali'i. He needs his 80 minutes at his price tag to be able to be returning value in what he's doing now. And, he's look, he's playing great. And, and there's no question marks about him as a player. It's just I don't know what Brad Arthur's going to do. Right now, it's a, a fairly stacked bench. I mean, Nathan Brown... He's looking quite good himself. He's building up his minutes. And Madison was playing lock initially. So what if he comes off the bench and maybe he's going to spell Brown and Brown moves into the prop rotation or whatever? Like, that's one likely scenario. There's the other one where he comes on after 20 minutes and Papali moves into the middle because that worked for them last year as well. I don't know the answer. I'm sorry. I wish I could. And this is why I just want to see how it's going to look before I commit to trading in Isaiah Papali'i, and that's kind of where I'm at. If you could guarantee he's playing 80 every week and he looks like he's doing that over the next two, three weeks, then I would feel more confident bringing him in. Until then, I'm just happy to wait and watch. There's still other options you can prioritise in the meantime. All right, next question. We have so many this week, which is great. So Sam C at Craywolf, trade out Cobo or Amone for Firma. That's Amone for me. Jeff Brown at GB21. Who would be the best GP for cash gen out of Josh King, Firma or Nanai? I think it's Josh King or Nanai. Uh, Josh King will be more of a slow burn that you can hold uh, firmer. Like, I mean, you know what I'm thinking about firmer. I've said that so many times. And Nanai is a potential two-week flip once that 100 rolls out. If he doesn't have any big scores, then he's, he might have hit his peak already. All right, next question comes from at Robbie underscore K. Uh, good friend of the podcast, uh, coach of Centurions. He came on and shared his sob story of his season <laughs> where he didn't finish in the top 10 with us over the offseason. But yeah, trade Sexton to Hines this week or wait a week for favorable matchup versus Tigers and go to go to Cleary next week. Could also use Teddy to get to Hines, but reluctant due to Rooster's tasty draw. Yeah, look, I wouldn't trade Teddy. I think if you think Sexton will outscore Hines this week, then stick with it. I mean, look, there is a question mark. I don't know 
if it's likely to happen, but Osako is probably a more accurate goal kicker than Sexton. So if he loses the goal kicking for the week or however long he's in there, uh, that's going to suck for Sexton. So I don't know uh, if there's any whispers of it at all. That's the only thing that just came to mind thinking about the Titans team for this week. Uh, look, I, I think it's just going to come down to whether you like Hines or Cleary more, honestly. I just don't see anyone able to get both of them at this stage without really taking a big risk in dropping Schneider so soon. Or you've got him, uh, Nico, back at fullback because you don't have... You're like, I wouldn't put Nico at fullback over a Pappenhausen or a Teddy at this stage. But like I said in the other podcast, if I had like a turbo and I was downgrading turbo to Nico to afford other guys, then that's okay. That would work for me. Um, but yeah, I know it's tough. It's just a gut call in the end, whether you trust Hines more or Cleary more. And if the, 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 the luxury you have is Sexton has a good matchup, so you don't have to force yourself into trading one of the two this week. So I'm not sure if that helped, but I hope it did. Uh, multiple scoregasms at Ward, corrupt 88. Do you think Wilton could shift to the centres when Red Graham comes back in? Tracy's out for a while, and I can't see Talakai playing there any longer than he has to. Yeah, look, he could. Uh, Wilton could play centres, but he actually went pretty well. And again, if he does, he does. Then, you know, you could end up trading him out. He's still a perfectly fine two-week flip. So I don't have an issue with it, really. From Xander137, thoughts on Randall to Starling or Andrew Fafita to Josh King? I mean, if you've already got Grant, then I'm I'm happy to just stick with Randall and Grant and, and I'd probably prioritise moving Fafita to Josh King. If you've got someone else, uh, then I would probably look at Randall to Starling. Hope that helps. Silver Tails at Goodsey 2008. Last center wing spot, Billy Smith or Dom Young. Cheers. Oh, look, that really, that, that's so tough. Uh, I can just see that right edge for the Knights. Gagai and Young really putting a lot of pressure on Talakai and Mulatalo. So, uh, but at the same time, Billy Smith, I like the upside there too. I'm going to say Dom Young with. Not a lot of confidence, and I'm sorry in advance if Billy Smith turns up. Actually, not that sorry because I'm playing Billy Smith, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, last couple from Jack Bauer at Mr. Horse NZ. Thanks, Wolf. Thinking of my craziest trade ever done for two reasons in cash generation, which uh, you point out is hard as lack of quality cheapies this year. Uh, and then you want to bolster your squad depth as well as outside your 17. So you're training out for Feeder, Randall, and Russell, and you're bringing in. Braley, Wilton, and Firma. Titans have hard draw coming up and Fafita base is low. Look, like I said, I, I haven't given up on Fafita. I think he's going to go on a bit of a run. That's my gut feel. But if you've lost faith in him, like I like those trades. I think Braley, Wilton, Firma could be really good. Uh, so the trades themselves aren't an issue for me. It's just, yeah, whether you, like, if you still think Fafita could go well, then I wouldn't do them. But if you have definitely lost faith in Favita, then no issues if you pull in the trigger on those trades. And our last question for this week, Matthew Curtis14 says, How important is Hines? I traded Munster in last week instead. To get Hines, I would either need to trade Favita to a second row forward worth less than 500000 or enough out stags to someone less than 190000 who might play soon. I'd be upgrading Sam Walker to Hines. Uh, look... How important is Hines? I think he is very important. Uh, I I do think having Cleary back this week is helpful because he becomes a very 
uh, possible alternative to Hines in the halfback position. I do think, though, Hines could definitely match Cleary for scoring at this stage, the way he's being used at the Sharks. So as for that, like I said, I'm I'm holding firm with Fafita. I just think he's going to go well. But if you're going to trade him down, I don't have an issue with you doing that to someone sub 500. Like I said, Wilton, Nanai, there's a, there's a heap of options that you could go to under 500,000. That would be all right. And then, like I said, I have no issues upgrading Sam Walker to Hines. But like I don't like the Stags option because, sure, you could downgrade him to the Stubby Cooler uh, and, and he's bottom dollar, but he may not make any money for ages and there's no guarantee he has a spot this week. And I'm pretty sure... I think you're going to have to trade Stags to Cooler before Cooler uh, is actually confirmed and in final team list. So that kind of sucks. So if you had to, uh, Sam Walker to Hines, Fafita to sub 500,000, that's probably how I'd play it. It's a tough one for you though. Just a pity you didn't get Hines last week and then you could have gotten Munster this week. And I think cash-wise that would have worked out perfectly for you. But look, good luck with that choice. <laughs> I don't envy you having to pick that one. So for this week, I am pretty close to have, having decided on my trades. So I was originally, like I said, I really wanted to get Harry Grant in, uh, but I just can't, like, without... I mean, my option to get Harry Grant would be going for Noah Blake out uh, for Leo Thompson and then Randall to Grant, and I don't know why I want to do that. But I do... What I did instead is I've kind of mapped out a bit of a two-week plan that I think it may sacrifice points this week, but it, it's going to be long-term better for me. So I am still going to ditch Fenua Blake, I think. I'm going to go Fenua Blake to Leo Thompson. So again, I've got Haas, the two kings, and now I'll have Leo Thompson. Like, it's not ideal. I definitely, I'm not 100% comfortable with this. I like having, you know, reliable starters. But I do think between the kings, they one of them should be able to stand up for, at least for the next two or three weeks and be playable. So that's all I'm asking for at this stage. Now, then I would go <laughs> the Warriors center who's injured, so Vailia, 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 I don't know how to pronounce it, but obviously 205,000 just sitting there doing nothing, so I'm going to actually be able to turn him into uh, Wilton via Targo, so I moved Targo back to second row, uh, from second row forward down to center wing, so that's handy as well, and then Vailia becomes Wilton for two weeks, now, what happens is next week, I can actually go, potentially, if Stags fails again, I'll go Stags down to Taylor and May, and I can go Randall to Harry Grant, and as long as Stags doesn't score a zero, I'm, I'm fine to be able to make that trade. I've got enough cash in the bank to make that happen. So I feel like that's a better long-term solution for me. As much as I'm scared not having Harry Grant this week, I'm a little bit nervous because he's the second-last game of the round, and I hate trading guys in late. And I'd have to make that trade really early. Like Randall out is second game and Harry Grant's the second last game. Look, there's there's so much unpredictability with COVID. What if Harry Grant, he's fine, but he's feeling tired or whatever and he sits out or he starts off on the bench or, or I don't know. Like there's so many unknowns and when, when things happen like that, I kind of, I want to pivot and find some other options. And I'm, you know, I, I, I rate Wilton. I think he's a great option. He could, he could match Harry Grant this week. And if he does, I'm laughing because I've got the cash generation, I've got the points, and I've got Harry Grant next week anyway. So that's where my mind's at. That's At this stage, I'm pretty confident I'll go through with those trades. And Dave Feeder, vice captain, and right now I've got Ryan Pappenhausen as my captain. So pretty comfortable with those choices. I don't think I'll be changing from them, barring you know shocking weather or whatever. But yeah, 
Uh, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a fun week, I think. Lots of uh, people moving in different directions, and I'm really excited about the next couple of weeks seeing what's going to happen for Supercoach. But good luck, everyone, with your decisions, and I will catch you again soon. Mm-hmm.